0: This is another wonderful episode with my friend, Allie Dameron. As you all know, Allie is a women's hormone expert and I had her on to talk about how she's currently helping me. I did a Dutch test with her and she analyzed it and she's helping me um, just feel my best. We talk about what the Dutch test is and how it could possibly help you, but you also may not need the Dutch test. The goal of this episode was to help you understand that you deserve to feel your best. And if you are being dismissed by your physician, there are other avenues that you can go down in order to make sure that you get the answers that you need. We also start to talk about other things besides hormones and nutrition That could be impacting the way that you are feeling. So again, we address this topic of stress, but not just how detrimental stress can be on our systems and holding us back from reaching our goals, but also how resilient we are. We can come back from anything so long as we have the right tools and practices in place. So sit back, grab your headphones, go for a walk, grab a cup of tea, and get ready for another amazing episode with Allie. Enjoy. All right, you guys, I am back with my friend and colleague, Allie Derman, and we've actually been having a wonderful conversation uh, prior to hitting record. Today, I want to have Allie on to talk about how she's helping me and why you might want to reach out to Allie yourself, someone like Allie, a functional medicine doctor to help you live your healthiest and your happiest life. So real quick. Ellie, you are an acupuncturist, but you're so much more than that. How do you describe what you do?
1: So, yeah, like you said, I am an acupuncturist by trade, um, and I'm actually, I had to close my office due to COVID, so I don't really, I'm not even doing that anymore, but um, I am a hormone expert, so I do a lot of work with women's hormones, women's mental health, um, and just holistic health, try to figure out, like, what the root cause is, figure out you know, why, why women actually are having symptoms that they're having. So things like fatigue and insomnia, weight gain or stubborn weight loss, um, period issues, hot flashes, all those things have root causes. And unfortunately, a lot of times women don't get to the bottom of it. Exactly. So
0: we're going to dive into probably a handful of things today. The main reason I wanted to have Allie on is because I reached out to Allie, Gosh, when did you do your Dutch test sale? It was right at the beginning of COVID. April, yeah. April. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Allie offers something called the Dutch test, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But I had recently started a fat loss phase after doing a solid reverse diet, and um, I was experiencing stubborn weight loss. I know what you're thinking, Kylie. You don't have weight to lose, but. I had, I had done the things that I need to do. I just was trying to get lean for summertime. Granted, starting a fat loss phase in the beginning of a pandemic is not advised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I wasn't totally hitting my macros, but once everyone found their groove, I was compliant with my macros. Nothing was moving. And I was like, what the heck is happening? My metabolism is in good condition. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting my macros. What's going on? and I was feeling bloated. So I did the Dutch test and Allie was helping me figure out what's going on with hormones and a little bit digestion too, I I, I suppose. Would you say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you think about your body, it all works kind of as a whole. And I do think that there's definitely um, hormonal connections to the GI tract too, for sure. Um, different hormones like progesterone, for example, can make you feel more constipated and things like that. Some women have more like diarrhea things before their period. So there definitely is GI um, correlation to the hormones.
0: So, but also the bottom line is I wasn't feeling my best and I knew something wasn't right. I also knew a regular doctor would not find anything, mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong with me, but would. Not be able to help me. And so with Allie, I was able to get some help. So I did the Dutch test. The Dutch test is a dry urine test. Can you talk about what the Dutch test offers and why someone would want to do it?
1: Yeah, so the Dutch test has definitely become very quickly my favorite hormone test. Um, I love it because, like Kylie said, it's a dried urine test, which means that it tests your metabolites. And we can talk about what that means in just a second because it probably doesn't mean much right now. But basically, what it does is it you do it over a couple days, two days, overnight, and um, it checks your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, your sex hormones. It also does like a comprehensive adrenal profile, so your uh, free cortisol or how much you produce as a whole, your metabolized cortisol, so how much your body is moving that through you or doing something with it. It looks at your cortisol curve. So you can see like if you're groggy in the morning, but maybe you have a second wind at night, why that is. Um, It looks at your melatonin, your neurotransmitters, some like B B vitamins, B12 and B6, your glutathione. So it looks at lots and lots and lots of different things. And the cool thing about the Dutch test is, um, I'm going to give you an example. So with hormones, how hormones work are their little chemical messengers. And so your brain is responsible for telling the various organs in your body, like your adrenals or your ovaries, what hormones to produce at what time. And it's constantly checking your brain is like, where you need some compensation, where, what hormone is needed, what's going on. And so your brain tells you know, various organs to produce these hormones. These hormones are chemical messengers and so they go do their job. And then after that, no one really thinks about the next step. So after they do their job, then what happens to them? They don't just like evaporate in your body and they don't just want to stay there because that would be too much buildup. So they have to actually go through detox pathways. And what's really cool about the Dutch test is the Dutch test looks at these detox pathways and it looks at how your body's metabolizing all of these, which means getting out of you. So for example, if you were to go get an estradiol test at the doctor's office, they would take your estradiol and they would get one number for it. So your estradiol might come back, for example, at 100. And estradiol changes various points in your cycle and various ages as well. But for easy numbers, let's just say it's 100. So you come back and get your your diagnostic test and it says this estradiol is 100. And that's a pretty like average number for most people. So you're having a lot of symptoms of like bloating and heavy periods and irregular periods and maybe some premenstrual migraines and breast tenderness and, you know, maybe weight gain. And you go out of your doctor's office and they're saying like, well, your estradiol looks great. Like we don't know what's going on. And the answer to that could potentially be in that even though you're making the right amount of that one hormone you may not be moving it through your body so it may be sitting in there waiting for your like your liver for example to move it out of you and so even though your body's making the right amount it still might have the potential to cause a lot of symptoms because it's just sitting there mm-hmm. and the same goes for cortisol so cortisol um, the same goes for all hormones but I'll give an example with cortisol when women cortisol gets a terrible rap, right? So cortisol is like, it's a belly fat hormone and it makes us fat and it, whatever. And so the answer to that one lies in, it's not ex- even exactly how much of cortisol you make, but it's more that your body's not metabolizing it. And so that also is something that the Dutch test shows is like how much free cortisol you're making and also how much your body's moving it. And so if it has to store it, that's where it stores as belly fat, I see. Yeah. So it gives us just so much more diagnostic information.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. So what's the course of action if your hormones are just like building up? What's a person to do?
1: So there's different reasons. So like in the example with cortisol, it can either be generally a liver issue or a thyroid issue. So maybe you're having issues converting T4 uh, to T3, your active thyroid hormone. So I always like, if I see a low metabolized cortisol, I like to check that as well, just via blood. Um, Or then we start working on the liver. So we start giving it liver cofactors or good vitamins. So B vitamins, zinc, things like that. We give your liver a lot of antioxidants that can help. So things like There's something called N-acetylcysteine, milk thistle. Um, Those are good liver moving herbs. And then for the other um, hormones, estrogen is also a big one that kind of gets stuck in the liver. Um, We would just want to look and see like all the different types of estrogen. If it's low, if it's high, if it is just a liver problem. Um, And then we can do various different treatment options for that.
0: Wow. It's so fascinating.
1: Yeah. Can
0: a traditional doctor do this
1: they can they absolutely can do it do they do it is kind of a different question so dutch is um the test name and it's by a company called precision analytical and on precision analytical's medical advisory team they have a lot of mds there are definitely mds out there doing these tests um, it's definitely not conventional it's it's not real standard. Most, I work with a lot of um, MDs and OBGYNs and things in the Denver area, and none of them do it. And the thing is also, it's, you've looked at it, it's very complex to look at the test. I mean, it's, there's a lot going on, a lot of numbers, and you really want to go to somebody that actually reads Dutch tests. You don't even want to just hand it to like maybe your functional medicine doctor or your naturopath if they don't specifically read Dutch tests, because there's just so much information that's really rich in diagnostics and putting the pieces together. And if, you know, you can kind of look at it and see like, okay, that looks a little low or that looks a little high, but you will definitely miss things if you don't go to somebody who actually reads them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I laughed so hard because I did go to their website, and I think anyone can just order one mm-hmm. and do it, yeah. but please don't think that you can do the Dutch test on your own and look at the results and understand anything. No,
1: it's very, I, the first time I looked at them, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um yeah, I was very intimidated, to be honest, as a practitioner, even the first few times that I read Dutch tests, I was like, okay. And so I went to some extra trainings, and they're helpful for practitioners also. And so um, I've worked with them and on them for the last couple years. Um, but it, it is, it takes some training for sure.
0: But I was just blown away with the information that you got from it. First off, I didn't even know that this was, these were things that needed to be looked at, and there was work to be done.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, I, I mean, my point is, like, if you're not feeling your best and if you're doing all the right things, like, seriously. Yeah. Doing all the right things and nothing is changing, this is when you would do this. And I, we did talk about this when you visited with my group. Like, everyone thinks they're weight loss resistant. Yeah. You have to check yourself first. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you true? If you're tracking macros, are you truly hitting your macros? Are you getting sleep? Are you drinking your water? Are you getting your steps in? If you're doing all of those things, then yeah, you might be weight loss resistance or whatever, however you referred it. Mm-hmm. Why else? So that's what I came. Cause I was like, things aren't moving. This is not right. Why else would somebody want to work with you?
1: Yeah. So I, I do do Dutch tests obviously. And I think honestly beyond um, just even if things are wrong, I think for women in like their forties, it can be just such a great baseline thing. Like there's things that show kind of like your risk of breast cancer on there. There's a um, MD on the Dutch test advisory board that talks about like estrogen detoxification. Cause we know that like breast cancer and ovarian cancer, a lot of those things are hormone positive um and so you know back to kind of like that liver detox thing and stuff you want to make sure that your liver's moving those things and so really there's so many more things that hormones can affect than just reproduction and your periods like it protects your heart and your brain and your bones and um you know can increase your risk or decrease your risk of cancer depending on what's going on so i really am a very big proponent of you know if you're interested and want to know those things it's a great baseline thing too um, just to kind of prevent further things from happening. But beyond the Dutch test, um, I do a lot of work. You definitely don't have to do a Dutch test to work with me. I uh, work with lots and lots of women who have never done a Dutch test. And we, Kylie and I were kind of talking about this, after you kind of get experiment, experience with working with people for so long, I've been doing this for about a decade, you start to just know like this symptom generally means this, and this is how we can treat it. So um, you just kind of start to get like an intuition and you put your clinical experience together and you just kind of know what to do. So um, I treat a lot of period stuff, heavy periods, irregular periods, not having periods, PMS, mood disorders with PMS, um, bloating, um, all those kinds of things. And then I also treat a lot of anxiety, Anxiety is one of my biggest specialties. I really enjoy treating anxiety. Um, I treat depression. I treat like sleep disturbances. So maybe you're having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, um, energy stuff. So, you know, highs and lows, or maybe you're just tired all the time. Um, stress management stuff, which you know me, I don't really use that word very often stress management. Cause what even is that? But, um, mm-hmm. stress, um, I treat digestive stuff. You're having like, you know, constipation stuff or bloating a lot, GI disturbances. Um, so kind of just that whole gamut that women just kind of head to toe go through.
0: Right, and and this and this is probably a conversation for another day, or maybe we can just briefly chat about it. But I just feel so bad when women, specifically just resign themselves to feeling a certain way, anything less than optimal because you don't have to. Right. This is why we have people like Allie in our lives and even myself in our, in your life. Like there are people that can, you should not be having serious PMS symptoms all the time. You should not. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you if you are.
1: Oh, we can definitely fix it though. Yeah.
0: Let's fix this stuff. Mm -hmm. Life is too short to not feel your
1: best. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And I think you know this about me too. We talk about this a lot, but my biggest goal for women is quality of life. Like I want you to have the best quality of life that you can. And so I'm not into very extreme measures and making your thus quality of life decrease to treat stuff. Um, Obviously, sometimes we have to change things to, to treat things, but I want all women to just literally have the best quality of life. And I think health is a big part of that. We want to not have our health hold us back. Um, But I also, like I said, I don't think it has to be extreme either. So I am very, you know, I know a lot of science stuff and I'm very clinical, but I also work with each individual person and just really try to take what's important in their own lifestyle and like tailor the program and make it work for them. Because I just, I've been to a lot of practitioners in my own life where, you know, the, the treatment was just really hard. Like it was a lot of supplements, a lot of dietary stuff, not doing exercise that I liked, um, just feeling a certain way about the treatment. And I just feel like that doesn't, doesn't really help.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think the same could be said for if you're working with, um, a trainer or a coach, someone similar that does what I do. Like if your trainer is someone who simply is interested in getting someone super ripped, but you're just a mom who kind of wants to feel confident at the pool with their kids. Mm-hmm. You want to be working with someone who can help you reach that goal because your quality of like, the whole quality of life. thing It's yeah. more feeling than a look.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I heartedly agree. I, um, I got into this field because I've seen way too many family members just have really poor qualities of life due to, chronic disease diagnoses and being unhealthy. And so I am a big fan of, uh, you know, realizing how important health is. And -hmm. then my second thing was kind of after I became a mom and realizing how crappy I felt after having a baby, I was like, Oh my God, like women, women are too important, too much of the center of the universe to feel this way. Like we, we can't. So I started to just really dive into it.
0: We are, you guys. Hope remember that <laughs> we are the center of the universe. Like I mean, we are yeah. so important.
1: Yeah,
0: our feminine energy right now, especially, is so needed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, not to get too woo woo out there, but there's enough of the the. Oh, energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Need feminine power.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I love also how you use the term holistic. Because all of this stuff is interconnected. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's not just about your diet. It's not just about your digestion. It's not just about your hormones. It's all connected. Yeah. And so there's so many other things we can do to help ourselves feel good and have this quality of life we desire besides going on a diet, tracking our macros, exercising a certain way, and getting on a bunch of supplements to fix our hormones because I bet Allie a lot of the women you're working with there's a lot of lifestyle factors that need to be addressed first yeah absolutely so if I come to you and I'm like oh my gosh Allie I'm just so tired I wake up tired I have to drink like four cups of coffee to get going I do my workout and I get I'm awake but then I'm struggling again. My digestion is crappy. I'm not sleeping well. Like what, what are the kinds of things that you ask me or what should I address first?
1: Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you brought this up because this is something that's really an integral part of my practice too. Like whether we do the Dutch test or not, and you probably remember when we did the Dutch test, me asking you like, why, why is this so low? Like, this is what this does. Why would in your lifestyle, why would this be low or why would this be high? And I'm constantly asking my clients that, and my patients, like in a, in a, of course, a non-judgmental way. But my thing is, these things became off in some way or reason for a reason. So why did they become off? And we can't, it, from my own personal experience and clinically, and down to my core, I full-heartedly believe that we can't just throw diets or supplements or any of these things just kind of at the problem and expect it to be solved for the long term because we don't want to take supplements forever. And even, I mean, supplements are great. I use them in my practice all the time, but you still have, they're supportive. You still have to figure out like what the bleeding is. Mm -hmm. You can stop the gushing with the supplements, but like, you got to find the root of it. And so I'm constantly asking like, what's your stress like? What's your past traumas like? Where, what's your relationships like? What is your sleep like? What is your schedule like? What's your work-life balance like? What's your stress level? There's just so many just, just, you know, different factors into how we feel comprehensively. And I think that there's so many people they are like, yep, I'm tired. Like, what? Maybe you reach for coffee. Maybe you go a step further and you ask your doctor for blood work and you're like, yeah, there's gotta be a reason. Maybe you take some adrenal herbs or something like that. But like, why are you actually tired? Is it because you're putting too much pressure on yourself? Is it because you're not resting enough? Is it because you have a lot of repressed anger? Like there's reasons to feel so exhausted in your life. And I think that's something that I really, really like to work on with my clients is getting to the root of why. Absolutely. Um, I, I
0: use this concept of like deep health and it's everything you talked about. And it's, I wish I would have come up with it myself, but it's from my nutrition coaching, the precision nutrition. And it's Mm -hmm. all these things, your Mm -hmm. relationships, your work, your connection with your community or your friends. You think it has nothing to do with the way that you're feeling, but it has everything with how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And we can't just address it, like you said, with supplements or going on a fat loss diet. You got to look at these things.
1: Mm -hmm. And if you do, honestly, I, it feels sometimes overwhelming, which I obviously can help you with. Um, mm-hmm. And I get that Kylie and I are both, both big fans of counseling. Um, and I, I get that it it feels scary sometimes to do it, but you know, and I know that if you do the work in these areas, like it will bleed into every aspect of your life. And it may be rough at the beginning when you're opening up some, some wounds and taking a good, honest look at things, but in the end or not even in the end, it's never in the end. But once you kind of get past that, it just is such a more fulfilling life and you prevent so many more symptoms from coming up in your life too.
0: Yeah, it is fulfilling. That's a really great way to look at it because if you're not being fulfilled in your relationships, it. It bleeds over. You're feeling resentful. You don't want to talk to your partner. Maybe you are. You have expectations of them that you're not expressing. Or mm-hmm. it's happening at work, and you're not satisfied at work.
1: Mm-hmm. It's going to impact you the know what, I what you don't. Know we heard about resentment that you bring that up, and I think that this this just really was like a red uh, a big aha moment for myself. But resentment is stems from lack of boundaries. Yep, and that like. I had never really thought of it that way, but I read that in a, or I heard that in a podcast. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, like just thinking about just areas of my life where I had had resentment. And I was like, it is on me. It's because I didn't set my boundaries and say what I needed to happen. Yeah.
0: I think Brendan Burchard said that because I remember I felt that so hard yeah. I know when I, well, he said burnout is the result of poor boundaries. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Yeah. Anytime I've ever felt burnt out, it's because I was doing too much. It was, it was not anybody else's fault. Mm -hmm. I hadn't said no to things. I was overdoing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, boundaries. That's, Mm -hmm. but why do we not set boundaries? Because we feel like we have to do everything and be everything for everyone. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Which is a great way to experience all of these things.
1: (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Totally, I think that was after I had my baby. I think that was exact recipe right there.
0: (gasps) Oh my gosh! I mean, I know it sounds like a lot, like you said, but for me, it makes me feel so much more hopeful. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so I don't always have to be thinking about what I'm eating. I can actually spend some time on this relationship, or look at: is my work fulfilling? Is it filling me up, or is it Mm -hmm. sucking me dry?
1: Mhm. I think like the first step for any of your listeners that are like okay this sounds great but like what's some tactical mm-hmm. things to do. I I think I mean I'm a big fan of journaling. I think journaling can be really helpful and I think we all hold our emotions like in a in a place. So emotions are very biological like they feel ways. So like in your chest like anger can feel really hot and uprising and sadness can feel very like sinking and empty. And so if you just sit down and either like take a few deep breaths and just sit in stillness and kind of ask yourself, like, what am I feeling and allowing yourself to actually feel whatever's there. Or if you journal it out and, you know, uncensored, just if you're feeling angry or sad or frustrated or whatever, just like getting that out, just literally checking in with yourself to see what's there. We are just told so much to just, you know, mind over matter and no pain, no gain, and just keep going and pull up your big girl panties, like all of that stuff. And it's just like, you know, just keep plowing through. And it's not that we, we can't do that, but we have to address what we're
0: feeling. Right. We talked about that the last time we chatted, right? We know how to push through and dig deep and whatever. We don't know how to back off. Mm-hmm. That boundaries. Mm-hmm. I love that. I was listening to a podcast with Brene Brown and an emotional intelligence expert, mm-hmm. and really checking in with your feelings and understanding that I might feel anxious right now, but I'm not an anxious person. Yeah, I feel sad, but I'm not a sad. Doesn't have to. It's not a label on you. Yeah. And if you address what you're feeling and then think about why then you can move on. Let it flow through you. We're going to feel the emotions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We want to feel the emotions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the other thing that they were talking about that really blew my mind because I struggle with this myself is labeling or naming. Yeah. You know, sad, mad, glad. But beyond that, we're like, uh, uh-huh. what I'm feeling right now. What would I feel?
1: Yeah. It's, I think it takes a lot of practice to be able to do it. And I think honestly, kind of on a biological level and like if you get into brain science um which i love brain science i'm like super into it but um your emotions and like these neural pathways in your brain they really just want you to identify and validate what you're feeling like that's it you have to change the situation you have to do like crazy things but just literally those two things just be like yep i'm mad and i'm okay to feel mad I'm like fine move on fine I know I don't know if
0: it's just us like we were always told that we have to be a certain way but we've we we, it was not good to feel or we didn't want to feel but you have to feel in order to process
1: yeah absolutely there's a lot of research that shows that these pathways are formed a lot by the time you're seven years Uh, old And so if you tell your kids or you were told as a kid, like, don't cry, stop acting like that. Don't be mad. Don't throw the temper tantrum. Like we know that we have to discipline, but if you're constantly like scolding them for showing how they're feeling. (laughs) um, That could def, I mean, that definitely is like, Oh yeah, these things are unacceptable. So don't feel them. And then we're told like throughout, you know, especially as women, like don't be the angry woman and don't be the nasty woman and don't be the one that's too much or too loud or any of those things.
0: Be a good girl
1: mm-hmm
0: ew I mm-hmm. mean just like, when you think about the messaging that we have been given it's
1: it's understandable why we do it for sure yeah
0: we've got work to do and to me that's exciting like I like doing the work I've, I
1: I'm here for it right it two yeah and it's amazing like I love I love to talk to women all day and I can shoot about hormones and you know, help their periods and talk about herbs and all that stuff. But for me, it's just so excited when women want to go a little deeper and they're like, yeah, like I'll say something that resonates and they're like, yeah, I have been feeling a lot of stress lately or I am angry. I mean, we're in a pandemic right now. Like we're all angry, but um, yeah. So that's always just like the really exciting work for me is when people like just have the aha moment, the light switch on and they're like, yes, like I am creating all these chemical changes in my body from my lifestyle and how I'm responding to life. And I'm like, exactly. So let's work on responding differently so that your body doesn't need to go into fight or flight and produce a lot of adrenaline and cortisol and we can feel calmer. And, and then your hormones also feel calmer and going into place as well.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you just said that because I do feel as though we are all on high alert. We are all in that fight or flight right now because of the unknowns, the, like you said, we just, what a breaking point.
1: Yeah. I Um, mean, there's no better situ or like example, I guess, than to explain fight or flight when literally like there is an eminent danger to our brain. Like, you know, logically, like we know it's not right outside our door necessarily, but our brain doesn't understand that. And it knows that all this crazy stuff's happening and, you know, Mm -hmm. of course it's going to be on high alert. Right. So like, it's
0: our duty really to like, how can I get myself into that rest and digest state? How can I calm my nervous system down? What can I do?
1: Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot more meditation. I have a colleague that has like a 30 day meditation challenge on his website. I can share the link with you if you want, but um, it's been really, really helpful for me. I am kind of a high like fast paced person and so meditation is not always my favorite jam but I just knew maybe like a month ago I was like I just need to sit in some stillness like I gotta do this because everything was just going so crazy Um, and so I think that that could be really helpful but I think if you're not into that um, to kind of ease your way there I think you can go on like little walks and not power walks but just you know nose breathing through easy walks. I think you can go outside and stand in the grass with your feet. I think you can sit outside and watch the sunset or the sunrise. I think you can read, um, you know, just do things that make us feel calm that aren't involving electronics.
0: I was just going to say, I know it's hard, but the electronics, it's so hard and I'll notice too, I'll go for a walk. But if I am scrolling while walking, I'm not getting the same Mm -hmm. benefits, Mm -hmm. relaxation, getting into my rested state as I would if I were just to go on a walk with my dog.
1: And it's different because social media, like so many people scroll their phone while they're falling asleep because they can't handle being with themselves. And I am guilty sometimes. I 100% Mm -hmm. understand But it's literally, and I I have the self-awareness now to understand that it's when I'm very overloaded and I just can't calm down. I like need some stimulation to even fall asleep, which creates terrible sleep anyways. But it's not, it's not self-care. It's not calming down. It's numbing out for sure.
0: Yeah. There's a difference.
1: There's a big difference. I'm
0: just going to relax. I'm going to scroll social media and relax. No.
1: You're numbing yourself. It's like drinking alcohol. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) no judgment, but that's no, no judgment. Than meditation. <laughs> you know,
0: for me, like yoga is something I like to do. I do like meditation as well, but yoga yeah. in the studio space, I there's no phone. I don't have to think. I can literally turn off, and that's mm-hmm. been a huge help for me. And we went on vacation uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. In Lake Powell, if you don't know where Lake Powell is, you get a houseboat. Yeah. It lends itself to social distancing. Um, cause there's no one else around and there's also no internet. Imagine no internet for a week.
1: Were you like shocked when you got off the boat and like saw what had happened in the world? Like, was it I different? I wonder who's
0: still president. I wonder if pandemic <laughs> is still a thing, like what's happening, but you know what, Allie, uh, there were also no mirrors around. So that was also super, like, I was oh. not thinking about my physical appearance, even though I was in a bikini all day, every day. Yeah. But I also think my bloating went all the way away while I was gone. Yeah, so it's and that happened last summer when I went on vacation to Mexico.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I know a lot of my bloating issues are totally stress related.
1: Mm-hmm. Honestly, so this is a little esoteric for some people, but um, I've always talked about TMS, like the tension myositis syndrome. And it's a whole like medical diagnosis It was created by an MD and, and, um, there's a lot of actual scientific evidence with it, but it's about how you get symptoms based on emotions and stress and anxiety and things like that. And so, um, if you think about bloating and like, even like gas, it bloating and gas are internal pressure. Mm. And so a lot of it is caused by when you're very putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And I can notice in situations for myself when I'm like trying to be very perfect or like, you know, like host party or like launch program or whatever. Like I definitely have way more bloating issues that week. And I think, you know, some of it's how we eat and there's, there's multiple things about it, but, but yeah, it definitely boils down to that. I think
0: TMS,
1: TMS. Yeah. What does that stand for again? It's called tension myositis syndrome. Wow. Some people call it the mind-body syndrome, um, but there's a lot of MDs in the, in the country that practice, in the world, actually, that practice this way. Um, there's a lot of psychologists that practice this way. There's a lot of acupuncturists. There's a lot of people that, that do this, and it's really, really amazing medicine.
0: Wow. I am fascinated to, to learn more about that. Have you done a podcast on your own with, about this?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've done, I think three or four. So episodes 79 and 80 on my own podcast are about it. And then I did one with Nicole Sachs, who's a psychotherapist that's like been on several documentaries and she's very good at it too.
0: You recently did that one, right?
1: In the last couple months. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember seeing it and I need to listen to it. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes because this sounds really flipping cool. And I love talking about this stuff because I know all of this. I have practices in place and I still suffer from some of this. Oh, me too. So, but if a regular, quote unquote, regular person who doesn't have these practices in place is feeling these ways, I can only imagine what they are feeling.
1: Yeah. And I think too, like, like you said, you know, and I know when stress is causing my symptoms, like I'll get anxiety sometimes or, or feel anxious, or I will get a headache or like low back pain tends to be mine sometimes. So I'll get like certain things and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Like this is the red, the red flag for me or the red check engine light that, okay, things are a little much right now. Like I need to slow down, process, meditate, whatever. Um, and at this point in my own journey, I've been at this for about seven years. That usually works for me. At the beginning, I meditated for days and days and days. I never saw symptom relief. So you have to kind of learn the process and learn how to do it. Um, just like yoga, you know, you do it the first time and you're like, that wasn't relaxing at all. Like didn't, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, that didn't do it for me. No. <laughs> but yeah, like once you practice and you get to know yourself and are able, like you said, to identify certain things and learn how that works and all that stuff. It really, it's the most amazing medicine, like discovery that I, I have seen
0: mm-hmm. for
1: treating so many symptoms that are so ambiguous. People are going from doctor to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, trying to figure out like all these random things and it can affect anything. The autonomic nervous system affects, which is virtually anything.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and this all goes back to the previous podcast you and I did. Like we don't understand what the stress is really doing to us.
1: hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that said, I also want to just remind your listeners that we are really resilient. And I think that sometimes when we hear stress and stress is so bad and we need to manage our stress better and things like that, like we need to learn kind of like we said earlier, like when to push and when to pause. We absolutely can push sometimes. Mm-hmm. We are not like these weak, non-resilient creatures. We are, our bodies are miraculous at compensating and healing and keeping us going. Um, and sometimes it has to compensate in ways that make us feel not so great, but I don't want anyone to feel like they can't handle stress and that their situation right now, they have no control over. And the only way to fix this is to move to an Island. Cause that's just like, I felt that way when I was going through it. Like I can't get rid of the stresses. I guess I'm screwed. Yeah. And it's not that at all.
0: No. And this, an analogy would be training. Your yeah. body can under, can withstand about, anything physically, any physical pain, so long as you have ample recovery time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Same thing. We just need time to recover from this stress, which is why these self-care practices are so important. Yeah. Absolutely. We are resilient. Our body, we are amazing. Mm-hmm. But you've got to give your body tools so it can do its job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Totally. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if we can all get through this, we're going to be so much stronger for it.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. I think so, too.
0: <laughs> we're going to be those people that tell our grandkids, well, I lived through the pandemic of 2020. I know. I had to wear a face mask into
1: Target. Stay inside. <laughs> I couldn't see my friends for four weeks. I <laughs> know. Oh, I know. We're joking about it, but with all due respect, it has been hard.
0: It's been hard. I know. I go to the grocery store, and I'm like, freedom! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. But we are. We're going to come out of this stronger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With different priorities, and...
1: I know. I, I think, I mean, it's going to be a tough, tough road for sure, but it is going to be good in the end, I think.
0: It is. And like you said, we we can do this because we're resilient. hmm mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Well, this is
0: awesome, Allie. We were kind of all over the place, but it's a lot of stuff that people, I've been talking about with my clients lately, and I have just received so much benefit from working with you and doing that Dutch test, and I was feeling, I wasn't feeling hopeless. I was just like, I wanted some answers, Yeah, you know, yeah. and I, I got those answers, and I have someone who I trust that can help me navigate through this, and I'm feeling great.
1: Good. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. So yeah, Allie, I'm going to link to um, those episodes, 79, 80, and the one with Michelle. What's her name?
1: Nicole. The
0: meditation. Will you send me the meditation? Mm You, guy? Yep. I'll send that to you right now. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking again sometime soon.
1: Mm -hmm. Whether online or not. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for your time, Allie. You are just my favorite.
1: All right. You too. Have a good night. You too. Bye.